is the thing that should make our heart beat and want to live and want to serve and want to sacrifice. And Lord, if we were all honest, I think a lot of us are here this morning and there's not a whole lot of excitement. It's a good day. It's Mother's Day. It's a happy day for a lot of us. But there's dinners to, to be had afterward. There's plans that we have this afternoon. And chores and tasks that need to be done as the week is getting started. We go back to work tomorrow. And for whatever reason, we lose our excitement in a lot of ways. But God, I pray this morning you would speak into our hearts and lives. And Lord, for every person in this room, every person watching online, every person who will listen to the podcast later on, that God, in this moment as we pray this prayer together, whether we've committed our lives to you or not, whether we've even professed to be a believer or not, I pray that you would allow every person just have a small taste of what it means to be filled with your Holy Spirit. God, right now as we pray, God, that you would just speak to us. Lord, speak to our hearts. Reveal yourself in an amazing way. Lord, raise the curiosity in the hearts of the unbelievers. Lord, bring back the desire for those of us who believe. And it's just, we just can't find it right now to pursue you and to run after you. Lord, we just cry out to you today. We ask that you would be with us and help us to grow in our relationship with you. Father, we thank you for our mothers. We thank you for everything they've done in our lives. And Lord, we pray for those today who've lost mothers. Maybe those who, who've lost children. Or we even pray for those who had mothers who probably may not have even had a good mother. Lord, this day is harder for some than others. God, as believers, as Christian brothers and sisters, I pray that as we celebrate we would just be aware of the people around us in our lives and that, God, we would just lift people up to you who need it. We pray for our brothers and sisters who aren't able to be here today. God, I ask that you would touch them in a special way, whether it be physical, spiritual, mental, emotional. God, give them what they need today. Lord, as we finish up our service and we read your word, God, I pray that you would speak powerfully to our hearts. There's not a person here that you don't want to do a work in today. God, I pray that we would be aware of that, that we would believe that, and we would call on your name and open up our hearts and say, Lord, please do a work in me. Father, we thank you. 
and we love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Well, as we continue today, um, we are continuing in our series of just showing up. And today's title is of the sermon is to show up when you aren't excited, which is really difficult because if you think in your life about things that excite you, it's really easy to show up for things that excite you. You know, I, even as an adult, if something really appeals to you and you get excited about something, there's something inside of you where that little kid comes out where you lay in bed and you can't sleep because what you're going to do tomorrow you just cannot wait to do. You're, you're so excited about it. It appeals to you. And it's amazing how the things that excite us, it's easy to show up early for. You ever notice that? Like you have nothing else to do, nothing else matters. And so therefore you are ready to go and you find yourself being early for those things. But the things that don't excite you, most of the time we tend to show up late for because we just like you dread it. Or maybe there's a feeling like there's nothing there for you, or you might have something better that you want to do, or something else that you need to be doing, and you just kind of have this attitude that's like, I just don't feel like being there, and so we kind of, <laughs> amen, you kind of, you just don't look forward to stuff. And this morning, I want to say thank you to all the mothers for showing up even when it's not exciting. I can't imagine, um, you mothers know this, how many days that you wake up or wake up in the middle of the night and all the things that you do, um, all the things that, it, that, that a mother does that is not exciting that so many of us just take for granted, it really is an amazing thing. And we should be thankful that they were actually willing to show up even for things that didn't excite them. I can't think of all the times of all the diapers that Hannah's changed, all the times that the kids have thrown up and she's had to go clean it up. And there's all these things that Hannah does that, that's not very exciting, but the kids have a much different relationship with her than they do with me because of all the things that she does that really aren't very exciting. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but a lot of aspects of being a mother are not very exciting. But thank God they showed up anyway, right? And as believers, you know, we're at church, so we're talking about spiritual things. And so we're talking about showing up spiritually, showing up for our Father, because that's what He's called us to do, is to show up. And as believers this morning, I think it's really important that we understand today that so much about being a Christian is not necessarily exciting. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before. But there's not a whole lot about being a Christian that's very exciting. Now, if you think back to when you accepted Christ as Savior and you first entered into that relationship and you felt what it was like to have forgiveness of sin and that guilt and that burden was lifted off of you and it's new, it is very exciting. There's, there's some things about following Christ that are very exciting. But what you find is, is that the majority of life, the day in and day out aspects of following God a lot of times are not very exciting. But the truth is we are called to show up anyway. And think about this. Think about where we would be in our world, in our culture, in our church, even here at Graham Chapel, if there were people who would come before us 
who profess faith in Jesus Christ and yet they got to the point in their lives and their relationship with God where it ceased to be exciting or it ceased to be joyful in that moment. And what if they would have just gave up, threw in the towel and ceased to show up from that point on? Where would we be? Now think about so many people who've influenced my life personally and who's influenced so many of your lives and believers from the apostles to the saints to everybody leading up to us today. There's so many things about following God that aren't necessarily exciting, but thank God there were people who were willing to show up in spite of it not being exciting so that we could have a relationship with God and we could be here today and learn and grow with Him. And I feel like as believers... Sometimes we just need to be reminded of truths. And I just want to, I try to be as honest as I can. And sometimes I probably say things that make people cringe, but I do feel like it's truth and it needs to be expressed. And I feel like it's important that a, a pastor stands up and says, not everything about following Jesus is exciting. Is that fair? Because there's some of you in here today who've, you've, you've professed faith in Christ. You've asked for forgiveness of sin. You want to live for him. You want to grow in your relationship with him. And yet there is something in you that is just somewhat, you just kind of feel guilty because you're just not super excited about it. Like you want it, but you're not excited about it. And what do we do with things that we're not excited about? We procrastinate. We put it off. We do other things. We, we, we seek things that bring us joy in the moment or excitement in the moment. And so we don't always follow through on our relationship with God like we should and you need to understand this as a believer this morning, that so much about following Christ, it's not, it's not that it's not good, and it's not that it's not beneficial, and it's not that it doesn't bring you joy, but there are so many things about following Christ that are just are not very exciting, but we are called to show up anyway. And this morning, we have a passage of Scripture from the, the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 53 through 67. We're going to read this together. Really interesting, kind of weird passage of Scripture that Jesus uh, is, is teaching in this moment. Listen to what he says. Let's read this together. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die. As your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. And he said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Now in verse 60, many of his disciples said, This is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? And Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining, so he said to them, Does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. 
For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, This is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? How exciting is that? Why do you think it is that every time Jesus had opportunities to teach and to speak and he had large crowds following him, that he would turn around to them and he would say difficult things, hard things for them to understand, things that they didn't agree with, and many of them would turn around and actually leave? Why do you think it is that Jesus told people to count the cost before you begin on this journey? And he used the example of count the cost. You would count the cost before you went to build a home because you would complete the foundation, you complete some of the house, and then you run out of money, and then everyone would walk by and laugh because you were the person who started and didn't have enough money to actually finish what you had started. Because Jesus knew that as a believer in Christ, it comes with a cost. He understood what was awaiting all of these people who were following him and the hardships that were come, and the difficulties it was going to be to understand not only his teaching, but the situation and circumstances of their life that sometimes is hard to put together in those moments. Any of you ever been in a situation, circumstance in your life where you didn't understand why this was happening? You ever been faced with a decision you didn't know what to do? You ever been following Christ and, and, and you knew that you were supposed to do something, but you really didn't want to because it wasn't appealing? Jesus knew that was coming. This is why he taught so much on understanding as a believer what was coming and knowing what decision you were making before you just prematurely bought into this idea simply based off of excitement. And we as an American culture, we love excitement. We love entertainment. We love the wow. We love the here. We love the now. But that's not what Christ has called us to. So point number one this morning is to identify why your excitement is gone and address it. Now, mainly I'm talking to believers this morning. So, so if you're a Christian, you need to identify why your excitement in Christ may be lacking this morning and then address it. Because excitement can be extinguished for many different reasons. And when it comes to following Christ, there's going to be situations and circumstances. There's going to be things that you don't understand. There's going to be stuff in Scripture. There's, there's going to be times where you sit down and you read your Bible, and you're going to read things like you just read today where Jesus is talking about eating my flesh and drinking my blood, which sounds ludicrous to anyone who's not a Christian to, to, to read this. And there's some of you this morning who's like, well, I'm a believer, and that still sounds ludicrous. Like that's, that's crazy. Like Who talks like that? Jesus did. Because Jesus wanted people who truly desired him. He wanted people who would truly follow him and show up despite the excitement, show up despite the lack of understanding. And as Jesus is saying this, it's like he offends them on purpose. You notice he asked the question, does this offend you? And I want to ask you a question this morning. Like if you're sitting here and you say, okay, I believe in Christ. I ask forgiveness of sin. Like, you know, there was a time where my relationship with God was exciting. 
not so much right now. Honestly, didn't even want to get up and come to church this morning. And I just want to ask you, are you hurt? Are you sad? Are you lonely? Are you living in sin? Are you refusing to forgive someone? Are you not obeying a call on your life that God's placed there? Is being a Christian costing you more than what you thought it would? Are you suffering because you're a Christian? Do you feel like God hasn't blessed you as much as you thought he would since you've started following him? Are you uncomfortable in your relationship with Christ? Does it make you nervous to do this? And are you scared, which we talked about last week? And I'm asking you those questions not because, I, you know, yes, I do want you to think about and contemplate maybe why you have lost some of your excitement in your relationship with Christ. But every single thing that I just ask you are things that, as I sit down and I wrote this sermon this week, there are things that I kind of identified in my own life as I've struggled in my relationship with the Lord over the years. These were things that had an impact on my life to make me lose my excitement and desire and just go to serve the Lord and do different things. All of these things are things that I struggled with over the past 20 years. And they've caused me to lose my excitement at times. And as believers, we have to be willing to identify some of these things and call on God to ask Him to help us with them. And I want you to take a time this morning to just look at the people around you. It's okay, you can look at them. Like, they're not going to buy. If they do, we'll send them to the nursery. But look behind you, look around you, look at, every, look at everybody around you. And this service is a little different, you know, because we have a lot of our saints, a lot of, a lot of our really like what we would consider like hardcore, like older saints of our church come to the first service. And so a lot of people in here are younger, but there still might be someone in here today that you look to and you say, okay, like I see that person or that person is kind of like a spiritual influence on my life. You know, I, kinda, I respect them. Uh, you know, I, I wish my life looked more like them or my relationship with God looked more like theirs. And I want you to understand this morning that the person that you think of in this moment right offhand, it is not because this person is perfect or they have not dealt with situations and circumstances in their life or they have not faced their own battles in, in spirituality or in the world. You need to understand this morning that every single person that lives, every single saint, every single apostle, saint, leader in the church, pastor, missionary, every person that you can think of, Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, every single person that has stood and represented Christ in any way in their life have all faced their own struggles, have all faced their own hardships, have all had to battle, have all had to go through this and make a decision in your life to show up in spite of not necessarily wanting to in the moment. It's not that they're without sin or they don't face that or they would never think the things that are running through my mind. They would never act this way. They would never say that. They, they would never have this attitude. I bet they wake up in the morning and they giggle at the, the thought of reading their Bible and praying. Like, no, that's not true. Every single person, even pastors that I talk to, it is a struggle for every single person that I talk to about Christ to constantly maintain that relationship with the Lord in prayer, in scripture reading, and devotion, and accountability. It is something that we all struggle with. 
But we as believers have to make the decision to show up and let God work and move in us despite those things. And you would think that, okay, being a Christian should be so much more exciting. Representing God should be so much more exciting. And I just want to share a small passage with you in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 3 through 4. And this is the, this is the follow-up of what's happening when Elijah has this contest at Mount Carmel. Okay, like he's challenging the prophets of Baal. They go up on the mountain. The prophets of Baal sit out there all day. They're cutting themselves. They're bleeding out. They're crying out to God. They're dancing, trying to call down fire from heaven from Baal. Nothing happens. Elijah builds the altar, digs the trench, dumps so much water on it that everything's saturated. The trench around the altar is completely full of water. And fire comes down from heaven, consumes the sacrifice, consumes the wood, consumes the stones, licks up all the water out of the ground. And it's this amazing victory for God in that moment and even for Elijah. I mean, like, can you imagine how cool it would be to be the person who is responsible, kind of responsible, God used you to do that. How exciting would that be? And it made the people of Israel so excited that they went around, they started killing all the prophets of Baal because they wanted to cleanse the land to represent the one true God and allow God to be the God of their nation again. And you would think, oh, this is a good story. We're going to be so excited about this. And now God's going to reign. And then you look at what happens in chapter 19 as Elijah realizes that now the king and queen hate him more than they ever have. And they have made a vow to make sure that he's dead. And you look at what Elijah says in verse 3. Elijah was afraid, and he fled for his life. And he went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. And then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. For I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. How exciting does that sound? As we continue on this morning, I do want you to understand there is excitement in following Christ. I'm not trying to tell you that like this is the most boring thing you'll ever do. But there's just not as much excitement in it as what you think there would be. There are times of excitement, but there's a lot of hardship. There's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of serving when it comes to following Christ. And he was very plain about that. And Jesus was very open about that. And that's why he constantly turned around and told people the hard stuff so that they could make the decision before they started on the journey in excitement to be disappointed when the excitement fades to the side. And you need to understand this morning, it's not always going to be exciting, but you've got to show up anyway. We'll talk some more about that in a second. Point number two. got to keep the physical and the spiritual in perspective. Now, if you pay attention and you take notes, you'll probably realize that I used this point last week. It's a really good point. We're going to use it again. you got to keep the spiritual and the physical in perspective because there are times in our life where we need to be reminded that our focus and our goal And our desire should not be here in this world on physical things or physical accomplishments or anything that we can attain now. But our desire and our goal and our purpose should be of what is to come. 
That's what Jesus talked about, the kingdom, the eternal life. And he always talked about that that everything that you have here in this life, that you should give up, you should sacrifice, you should serve in order to have treasure in heaven, right? Don't store up for yourself treasure in heaven where moths eat and rust destroy. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. It's eternal. That's always been the goal for your life. And you need to be reminded of that. I need to be reminded of that. That when we serve Christ, Jesus did not save us so that we could build up an earthly kingdom. He saved us so that we could build a heavenly, eternal, spiritual kingdom of something that we can look forward to. And you know this this morning. You know that in this life, there are things that you can sacrifice now. If you are willing to sacrifice now in this moment, that's not very exciting to give things up right now, is it? But if you give up stuff now and you put money away and you save it or you make an investment or something, it's not exciting to do that right now because you're going without right now. But what you can get in the future is much better, right? And that's why we make the sacrifice. When we follow Christ, we are called to live that same life except we're not sacrificing now to have something better later on in this life, even though... There are beneficial things in this world of following God. There are benefits to it, but we sacrifice now so that we can benefit and truly get our reward in eternity. That's what we're going for. We've got to keep the spiritual and the physical in perspective. And when you look at this, the most evident thing in our focus passage this morning in John 6 where we were reading is the fact that the people, when they heard Jesus talking about, you have to eat my body and drink my blood. You remember how crazy that sounds? Like you sit there and you read that, and he's like, why would Jesus say something like that? And it it was a clear representation of everything that those people were hearing, they were constantly receiving from a physical perspective. And most of the people who was present in that moment went away discouraged and they were not excited anymore, probably because they thought Jesus was talking about cannibalism because there's no other way to take that statement from a physical perspective. Right? Eat my body. Can you imagine just like, let's sit around and just take a piece of Jesus, everybody eat it. It's weird. Even people who aren't saved like to partake in the Lord's Supper when we say, this is my body, take and eat, this is my blood, take and drink. It's still hard for them to understand, why are we doing this? It's so weird. But from a spiritual perspective, it means everything. Because Jesus wanted his people to understand that when you follow me, you have to understand you are putting your hopes your dreams, everything that you are, everything you have, simply based off the fact of my body is going to be broken for you and your sins. And my blood is going to be poured out for you and your sins so that you could have forgiveness of sin and your children and your friends and your family and the entire world could have forgiveness of sin. And you have to have enough faith to feed off of that every single day of your life, to wake up every morning and trust in the broken body and the blood that was poured out for you for the forgiveness of sin. And you've got to believe in that and cling to that. And if you don't feed off of it every day, don't dare be expected to be excited about serving Christ. Because if you aren't reminded about the sacrifice that he made for you every day when it comes time to make a decision as to whether or not you're going to give this up for Jesus, you're probably going to choose yourself. 
But it's very important for us to be reminded of the sacrifice that Christ made of his body, of his blood, and to cling to that and to feed off of that every single day because Jesus was not talking about the physical. He was talking about the spiritual. And this morning, you have to remind yourself also that if you don't believe and trust in this body and this blood and cling to it, you can't have eternal life. You look at what Jesus said in this. He said, physical, human accomplishments, physical effort accomplishes nothing. Only eternal life is only provided by the Spirit. And so as we say that this morning, and that's the words of Christ, that's, that's John chapter 6. Eternal life is only provided by the Spirit. How much more important is it for you to sit here today and not just say, okay, I believe in Jesus. I've asked for forgiveness of sin. I trust in his blood. Like, I, I, I believe in that. But how much more important is it for you to actually be filled with the Spirit so that you can have eternal life? Because Jesus said eternal life is only provided by the Spirit. Human effort accomplishes nothing. So, so you believe and you put your faith in Christ, but the initiation of that relationship with God is supposed to start the process of you seeking your heavenly Father and to open up yourself to be filled with the Spirit of God so that you can truly have eternal life. Because you're never going to be able to understand spiritual things unless you're filled with the Spirit. It's the only way. Everything sounds crazy. Anybody ever remember a time before you were saved and you used to look at people who go to church and it's like, those people are crazy. I remember that. I remember a time where I actually like went to church somewhat as a kid and I didn't believe and I remember thinking everybody there was crazy. And it was not exciting. There was nothing about them or the way they lived or the way they talked. There was nothing about them at all that I wanted at all. Like there, was, there was nothing appealing about it or exciting about it whatsoever. But when Christ spoke to me, and as I continued to follow Christ, and I began to be filled with the Holy Spirit... It reveals things to us that people of the world cannot see or understand. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. We have to remind ourselves that we are not physical beings having a spiritual experience. You are not a physical being having a spiritual experience. And so what that means is you don't come to church to have this spiritual experience where you have this exciting moment where it's like, oh yeah, I feel good. I'm going to go out this week and I'm going to live for Jesus. My life's going to be better and I'm going to make better decisions this week because usually we walk out and we fail and we feel guilty 
and we feel frustrated and we're just not exactly happy with where we are. And so we lose excitement, we lose focus and things like that. And because we are constantly thinking that we are physical beings having a spiritual experience when actually we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. God created you to be a spiritual being. He breathed his breath of life in every single one of us. We have the spirit living inside of us, whether we realize that or not. And this world that we are living in is just an experience. It's a moment. It's temporary. And we have it completely backwards, thinking that we're physical and we have these spiritual experiences when actually we're spiritual and we're just having physical experiences. We've got to keep it in perspective. And what you and I should be working for is nothing here. There should be nothing in this world that we are trying to find our excitement or our hope or our purpose in. Everything that we should be focusing on and leaning to and looking forward to and drawing our excitement from should be the spiritual. And so if you're sitting here this morning... And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, and if you're not constantly seeking Christ in your life, if you're not praying and reading your Bible and having accountability and spending time with other Christians and constantly in prayer and saying, God, fill me with your Spirit daily. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me what I need to accomplish the task that you have for me. Help me to fulfill the callings you have on my life. Help me to speak the name of Jesus, to know the right things to say in the right time, to be in the right place at the right time. If we're not doing that, you're never going to be excited about your relationship with Christ. Because your excitement is not coming from this world. Your excitement is coming from the world to come. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no excitement in Christ. Because you're always going to be focused on what you're having to give up rather than what you're going to be able to gain. Last point, point number three. God does amazing things when no one expects it. One of the things that you can write down and you can put it in the bank and take it with you is that Christ will show up when it is least expected. When Christ was born into this world, 400 years of silence, no one was expecting it. No one knew. No one had any idea. When you look at what we read in Scripture, everything that Jesus teaches us, everything that he tells us to be prepared for, is to be ready of the moment when it is completely unexpected. And the reason why it's so important for us as believers to simply show up is because if we ever have a moment where we say, I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like reading my Bible today. I don't feel like praying today. I don't feel like going and having this conversation with somebody today because I know they're going to ask me hard questions. And I know they're going to ask about you know, my relationship with the Lord and my praying or all this stuff. And we're, I'm, I don't want to see the pastor today because I don't want him to ask me anything spiritual. If we ever get in that moment where we say, well, I'm just not going to show, and you can apply this to so many different things in life and so many areas of our spirituality, but if we ever get in this moment where we just don't show up, we stand the chance of missing something amazing that God wants to do in us and through us. And on the days that you like, don't want to show up to wherever it is that you feel like you should go, and you just don't want to for whatever reason, it might not even be the fact that God wants to do something in you. He, it might be the fact that God wants to use you to do something in someone else. But we've got to be willing to show up and let God do those things through us. 
Matthew chapter 24, verse 42. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Luke 21, 28. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up, for your salvation is near. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Be on guard, stand firm, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. 1 John 2, 28. And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Everything about our faith in Christ and expecting what is to come it is calling us to be ready. To always be on guard, to always stand firm, to always be watching. Everything about the, the, the return of Christ calls us to constantly be watching and to be ready. And there's so many parables that Jesus gives about the bridesmaids who didn't have enough oil for the lamp. and All those things. It's just like the biggest temptation that Christ is going to try to put in your life is for you to just don't worry about it. Take it easy. Rest. He's going to lull you to sleep. He's going to try to make you feel like there's no urgency in your life to do these things. No urgency in your life to give your heart to Christ. No urgency in your life to read his word, to pray, to, to go to church, to have accountability, to fellowship with other believers. There's no urgency in any of this stuff. You'll always have time. And everything that Jesus taught in his word was, it's here. The kingdom of God is here. You need to be ready. You need to be awake. You need to be ready to go, and ready to accomplish everything that God's called you to. Not everything about following Christ is going to be exciting, and it was never meant to be. I think we need to be reminded of that. But it doesn't change the fact that Christ has called you, the fact that he died for you, that he shed his blood for your forgiveness of sin so that you could show up and be ready and allow him not only to do the work in your life that he wants to do for you personally because God is not done with you. That's important to realize today. God is not done with you. It does not matter how long you follow Christ, how close of a relationship you have with him. You need to believe in your heart that Jesus always wants to do more in you. But he also wants to do so much through you. It's not just a matter of what he wants to do in you. Because there's always more to do in you. But he also wants to do so much through you. But we have to show up in order to let him do that. We've got to show up. We've got to open ourselves up to be filled with the Spirit. And if we're never filled with the Spirit, we're never going to have a desire and a joy in doing all these things. And when you look at the disciples, you look at the apostles, you look at all these people, even today in other countries around the world, and I feel like so many of us as, as Americans, like we get sick and tired of hearing people say this, but yes, there are literally people in the world who are giving their lives up, they're dying for Jesus Christ. And you say, okay, what's different about them? Because I can't seem to give up this, even though I know I should, and I can't do this, what's the difference between them who are literally dying for Christ and me who's having a really hard time just living for him like I should? And the truth is, is like, man, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Like there's something that's happened in them to help them see that whatever they lose here, there's so much better there. There's been something revealed to them. 
And so today, if that has not been revealed to you, we should be praying, God, fill me with your spirit. Help me to be open. Help my heart to be soft. Help me to open up my heart, my mind. Help me to allow your spirit to come in and do a work in me so I can see these things that you want me to see. And if you open yourself up, he will. But you have to have enough faith to open yourself up. There's nothing that he's ever wanted to do more than to dwell in you and give you all the things you need to accomplish the things that he's called you to do. He wants to give you freedom of sin. He wants to free you from those bondages and those chains. He wants to empower you to speak his name. He wants you to preach and to teach and to witness and to pray with people. He wants you to have the desire to see him, to fellowship with him. He wants all that for you. But the question is, are you going to show up and allow him to do it? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you again for another beautiful day. Another opportunity to share your word with one another. Jesus, I pray that you would speak into our hearts. Lord, do not let us leave this place without crying out to you and asking you to come in and do a work in our life. And Lord, even as we sit here today, maybe we're reading, maybe we're praying, maybe we're seeking you with all of our, our heart and mind. God, I pray that we would open ourselves up and say, God, whatever it is that you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to say, Lord, fill me with your spirit and teach me and show me so I can be obedient to you. Lord, we love you today. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.